0: Good evening. If you would turn to Psalm 100. I tell you what, there's some babies that can cry up in here, can't they? That's awesome, though, yeah? I'd much rather hear a baby crying than silence. I'd much rather hear uh, some commotion going on with children. Coming and being a part of hearing God's word and learning how to be a Christian. Amen. <clears throat> I say that because my kid's the worst. So I just was kind of, there we go. I'm getting y'all to laugh now. There we go. I figured it out. Make fun of my family and then you're good. Sorry, Aaron. Sorry, Isaac. <laughs> I love the Lord, man. <clears throat> You know, and one of the things that Hand in Hand with Jesus was a perfect song for the way I wanted to begin this because, you know, one of the greatest things of being a Christian is understanding that Jesus is coming soon. You know, Micah started off the morning right with what he read in 1 Thessalonians four sixteen through 18 He actually read 13. Uh, But it says, For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Amen? Therefore, comfort one another with these words. We have confidence, brothers and sisters, in knowing that we get to see Jesus one day. That Jesus, whether we're dead, or we're we're asleep, or whether we're in paradise, awaiting Him to come, He's going to come get us. And we're going to meet Him in the air one day. And we're going to get to go be with Him forever. And I love this psalm because this is what... Well, let me tell you what this psalm is not. Let me tell you what this psalm is not. This psalm is not for somebody who's ashamed of the gospel. This is a, a psalm that is not for somebody who is ashamed to be a Christian. This is not a psalm for somebody who's lukewarm, who likes riding the fence, And this is also not a psalm for somebody who's... I'm not sure about being a Christian. But I'll tell you what this psalm is for. It's for the unashamed. It's for the proud. It's for the, I believe in the Lord. It's for the ones who say, you know what? I want to give glory and honor to the Lord. But you know what? This psalm can also, as as though as as I said, it is not for a person who's unashamed or a person who is uh, lukewarm. If they look to this psalm, they can be encouraged by it, and they can be encouraged to see how somebody who is so proud to be a Christian acts. Consider some things as we begin. When God made us, He made us knowing that we might not want to be with Him. He made us and gave us free will. Free will. To make any choice that we want. He made us knowing that We may not believe in anything that the Bible says, and we may not even care about what it says. But He also made us knowing that we might want to be with Him. And He made us knowing that we do have free will, and that free will means that we might choose Him. And that we want to seek a relationship with Him. I hope tonight as we study this psalm, which is five verses, and it's one of my favorite psalms. I've said it at a, as an intro of one of my sermons before, and I thought, boy, I hope I didn't preach this already. And then I thought, man, I already got it laid out, so <laughs> if I already preached it, you're going to hear it again. But, thank the Lord, I did. not So... You know, God did not make us robots. He made us to have a choice, to have feelings, to have uh, goals in our lives. And this psalm is a psalm that really brings out who you are and how you feel about the kingdom. The kingdom at hand. You know, believing and acting. But this is the emotions that go in the believing part of understanding who God is and, and how awesome He is. I thought about it and, and, and this psalm really is a declaration for all Christians who truly believe in the God they serve. Really, if you think about it. Let's just take a few minutes and, and walk down this psalm. Look at verse 1. It says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. A joyful shout. As good as God has been to us, are you full of joy because of Him? Are you a joyful person? 1 John. Flip with me to 1 John, if you will. I'm going to have us flip to several verses, several areas of the scriptures tonight. But I want you to flip to First John. First John, hold your finger in Psalm 100 and, and flip to First John, and I want to look at the first four verses. And I want you to listen to John the Apostle as he talks to us. Be encouraged, brethren. Be encouraged by this. He says, 1 John 1-4 through That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness, and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested to us that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. John saw Jesus. John John handled Jesus. John was around when Jesus was doing things. He was doing God's stuff. And he says, I want to tell you about it. And I want your joy to be full because you know what? You can be a part of this. And if you are a Christian, you are a part of this. Be joyful. Be joyful. Think about the joy that he has that that, that he understands what Jesus really can do for somebody. And the joy, like we talked about this morning, that we can have to understand what the gospel really does for somebody. Doesn't that make you happy? Don't you have a joyful feeling? A joyful feeling knowing that Jesus' blood can save anybody, Jesus' blood. Look at verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. We as children of the Lord love God so much that it is seen by our service for the kingdom. Amen? Think about your life. Think about how glad you are that you are a part of the kingdom. You're joyful. Are you joyful? Are you glad to serve? Are you glad to look for opportunities to do something for the kingdom? Maybe you could come and ask the elders and say, what can I do to help? I want to be a part of this. Think about what you do for the Lord. Can we do it with more gladness and having a happy heart about it and knowing what, remembering, not knowing, but remembering all the time, keeping it at the front of our thought, what Jesus did for us. 1 Peter 2 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, brothers and sisters, a holy nation. <laughs> His own special people. We're different. That you proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Aren't you glad to serve Him? That's wholesome. Be encouraged by this, brethren. Look at what he says next. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before His presence with singing. You know what makes me happy and what makes me uh, smile is when i seen them boys stand up there and call the number out to sing. Awesome. All the people sung, it was a packed crowd. They said their name clear, they picked what song it was going to be, and we sang it. Singing. You know, when I belonged to a denomination, I didn't understand what singing meant. I'll just go ahead and say it. I probably didn't sing half of the time that I would go to church. I just kept my mouth shut because the music was what led me. It was, is what drove me. But Ephesians 5.19 says, speaking to one another. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We know this verse singing and making melody in what? Our hearts to the Lord. You see how this psalm, this is for some, this psalm is for somebody who loves the Lord. He's joyful, he's glad, he wants to sing. Hand in hand with Jesus, I'll walk each day. Huh? He's my path. He's the one who guides me. I want to give, uh, like James always says, glory and honor to you in all that I do. And I just want to praise you. This psalm is, is, is a psalm that encourages me to want to do better and think more about God and what, what I can do for Him. When we think about worship and we think about really worshiping God, singing is so important for it. Not only because it's pleasing to Him, but it's pleasing to everybody else. Look at verse 3. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. Psalm 139.13 says, For you formed me, you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. Boy, that's personal, isn't it? That's getting really personal. God's Word tells us that He is the one who made us. He knew us before we were born. He knew who we were, what we would do, what we would be, how we would act, everything about us. He is so into us. And here, this this psalm is talking about how we should be so into Him. Oh, man. And the second part of this, it says, we are His pasture and the sheep. We are His people, sorry, and the sheep of His pasture. It immediately makes me think of John chapter 10. If you turn there real quick. John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verses 25 through 30. When Jesus is talking about His sheep. Be encouraged by this, brothers and sisters. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe, the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe, because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand, and my Father, and I and my Father are one." We hear the voice today of Jesus through His Word. Amen? And we are His sheep because we have been obedient to the Gospel. Isn't it a great feeling to know that no one can snatch you out of His hand? That's a great feeling to know The comfort of knowing that Jesus' blood really protects you from not being saved. But you know, when I think about that, I think about a lot of false doctrine that come from that type of verse. No, you can't be snatched out of God's hand. But you can get up and get out of it. Amen. Second Peter. Let me just chase this rabbit real quick. Second Peter chapter two, verses twenty and 20, 20 through twenty two. We just uh, me and Danny. And Jaska just talked about this. It's fresh on my mind, but it's so true. No, nobody can snatch you out of God's hand. But look what the Bible says. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. I don't want to be Even close to that type of, I don't want my life to look anything sort of like a dog returning to his vomit. Or a pig who you just washed go right back into the mess. And when I look at this psalm and I think about this psalm and I put my life uh, just looking at what it tells me to do, I'll never get close to that. Because I'm joyful about God. I'm glad that I'm a part of His family. I sing because I love Him so much, and I'm not ashamed. I don't sing good at all. But you know what? Over the years I've learned, I don't care (laughs) what you think about how I sing. Because God thinks I'm the greatest singer ever. Elvis Presley. Was he the greatest? I don't know. Look at verse 4. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving. Think of all the Lord has done for us. Think about your life. Think about your material blessings. Just think about the things that you've, uh, you've got. Think about all the stuff you've got. Think about the jobs you have. Think about all those things that God has truly blessed you with. Aren't you thankful for it? Aren't you thankful for what He's done for not only your material blessings, but your spiritual blessings are way more uh, superior? Ephesians 1.3 says what? All spiritual blessings are in Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to be in you and having these spiritual blessings to know that I can be excited about Jesus coming back. You know, I think about Romans 6.17. It says... But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. I personally thank the church. I thank the congregation. I thank anybody who had a part in allowing me to see this form of doctrine. Because this is the form of doctrine that allowed me to be freed from sin and become a child of God. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for God giving His Word so I cannot go on an opinion. I can go on what He tells me to do. Not only does He say, Enter His gates with thanksgiving, He says, and into his courts with praise. And I think about the temple, you know. Here's somebody who loves the Lord so much, they're walking into the gates and they're thanking God. Their mind is set on God. And then they just continue into the courts and they're just praying. They can't help it. I can't help but tell you about, let me tell you about these praises. Yeah, i got tough things going on, but you know what? Here's what has happened for me. Uh, I got to wake up. I got to kiss my kids. I got to Isaac too. He don't want to kiss me, but I hug him. I used to kiss him, but he's way too old for that. I got to go and, and maybe think about somebody I can go visit. I mean, me personally, you know my job is a little bit different than y'all's, but... I mean, I got to think about uh, what I could do in 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 my day, and I could be just so thankful and give so much praise for that, because God has allowed me to do that, and He can allow He allows you to do that too. You know, I think about praising God and I think about this verse, Philippians 2, 9 through 10. Therefore God also has highly exalted Him and given Him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on the earth and of those under the earth. Doesn't it make you happy? Doesn't it make you want to give praise to know that the one who loves you the most, the one who loves you the most, is the name above all names, the boss of the bosses. And he loves you so much. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And look at verse 5. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. This evening I hope that you have enjoyed thinking about the Lord. Thinking about what He's done for you. And I want to close with looking at a couple of scriptures. If you would, turn with me to Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. I want us to be encouraged by God's Word. Because really, that's where the real encouragement comes from. And I want to read just a little bit. I want you all to read with me. I want to read Luke 23 verses 26 through 56. Quite a bit of Scripture, but I want you to read it and I want you to listen to who we should worship and think about and give praise to. Now as they led Him away, they laid hold of a certain man, Luke 23, verses 26 through 56. Now as they led him away, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon the Syrian, who was coming from the country, and on him they laid the cross that might bear it after Jesus. And a great multitude of people followed him, and women who also mourned and lamented him. But Jesus turning to them said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed the days are coming in which we will say, Blessed are the barren wombs that never bore, and breasts which never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if they do these things to the green wood, what will be done in the dry?" There were also two others, criminals, led with Him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified Him. And the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left, then said, then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided His garments and cast lots. And the people stood looking on. But even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Hebrew, This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong, Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, Today you will be with me in paradise. Now it was the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus cried out, with a loud voice he said, Father... Into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. So when the centurion saw what had happened, he glorified God, saying, Certainly, this was a righteous man. And the whole crowd who came together to that site, seeing what had been done, beat their breasts and returned. But all his acquaintances and the women who followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. Now behold, there was a man named Joseph, a council member, a good and just man. He had not consented to their decision Indeed, He was from Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who himself was also wanting, waiting for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen, and laid it in a tomb that was hewn out of the rock. Where no one had ever lain before. That day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew near. And the women who had come with him from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and preached and prepared spices and fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. Now, that's a lot of scripture that I just read. But why did I read that? Because that's who it's about. It's about Jesus. It's about what He did. It's about what He endured for us. Look at Luke 24, 1 through 7. I'm just about done. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they, a certain other woman with them, came to the tomb bringing the spices, but He is risen. Remember how He spoke to you when He was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and and be crucified and the third day rise again. There's no other name that we should worship other than the Lord. There's no other name that we should worship under heaven except Jesus. And I close with this. Luke 24, verses 46-49. through 49. Jesus appears to the disciples and He tells them this. Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Brothers and sisters, we know the story that Jesus ascends into heaven, and Peter and the apostles, they receive the Holy Spirit... And on the first gospel sermon, remission and repentance are preached. We have the treasure. We have the gift to change people's lives. I encourage you to use Psalm 100 during the week to study and see where you can uh, gain some encouragement from it. And if you are here tonight and you need to obey the gospel, just like Peter told those Jews, you must repent. If you believe that Jesus came and died and was buried and rose again, you must repent of your sins. And you must be baptized. You must be baptized to have your sins forgiven. And if you want to do that tonight, you can. If you need the prayers of the saints, you need something to uh, be encouraged by, you can do it right now as together we stand and as we sing.